the DH. I really like Brett Laurie, and I bet I could watch you strike out A-Rod all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Where's the amphibious pitcher? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Resting Pitch Face, episode 52. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Catch us on our website. That's restingpitchface.com. It has all the links you need, but for the quick version, our Twitter is Resting Pitch Face with no G. Our Gmail, restingpitchface at gmail.com. And we have a new merch store open now that the link will probably be in wherever you're listening to this um, to our, what will become our only store, but isn't right at the moment our new store. And it has some Rainbow Pride merchandise, a quarter, per- 25% of which will be donated to Smile. So uh, if you're interested in repping us and also giving to a good cause and wearing a big rainbow, because who doesn't want that? You should check out our new Teespring store. Um, And the rainbow stuff is not going away just because Pride Month is ending. So don't worry. We at Resting Pitch Face believe in Pride merch all the time, not just in June. So never fear. It will still be there. Unless I accidentally hit the wrong button. Don't do (laughs) that. Don't do that. (laughs) Laura, how is the tank top? The tank top is marvelous. I wore it out yesterday. I did not immediately gain a girlfriend, but it's a process. I was really hoping it would be infused with the right vibes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. It's just like small sample size. If only one went so far. I'll keep you guys updated on the process. If If our shirts get anybody a... Gets anybody a partner mm-hmm. in a gay way? I want to <laughs> <laughs> a significant other. Even in just a gay a way. Date. Dates are cool too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Laura, next time, please carry a giant butterfly net. It might help. <laughs> <laughs> no. So now we're expanding our butterfly net uh, attempts beyond just stealing players from other teams, and no. now I'm actually trying to get a date with a butterfly net. This player, is no. Players it, just get burlap sacks. Like, yeah. they don't need to be handled delicately. Also, <laughs> I feel like a butterfly net, is a giant butterfly net, it's a good conversation starter with a future potential partner. Well, like, true, but so is a rainbow tank top with a big baseball and headphones on it. Compromise, rainbow butterfly net. Yes. <laughs> with a baseball in it to try. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the tank tops are magic. Order one. Order yours today. <laughs> We also we do have plenty of stuff beyond just tank tops. If tank tops are not your jam, we have sweatshirts for the first time because I hated the old option, the options at our old store, so I never made any. And we've got uh, I didn't Mugs. make a shower curtain. Laura wanted me to make a shower curtain. I didn't make a shower curtain, but there is a fleece blanket and a pillow. I love the fleece blanket. I don't have it yet, but it's only a matter of time. I thought the shower curtain idea was really cute. I don't actually need a shower curtain right now, though. So I'll get back to you. Like, hopefully I'm not moving again anytime soon. But if I move in a few years, I will get back to you on that. Right now, my apartment has this, like, funky built-in shower door that looks like a phone booth door. It's really strange. It's like plastic. No, it's plastic and it accordions. Oh. And it looks like a phone booth door. And so oh, I don't need a shower curtain oh, with our logo. You need a new shower. Ones. That's gross. It, That's nice yeah. Thing. It's not like the most recent of designs, but it's actually not that gross. We will get you a rainbow spray bottle of bleach. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I hear they have those at Target. Yes. Oh my God. Do they actually? I thought no. you were kidding. No, they have rainbow Listerine bottles at Target. 
What? And Rainbow, um, oh God, what's that shampoo? I don't remember. There's a couple different brands that they have had in the end cap of like the exact same personal hygiene product it has always been, but now the label is rainbow. Unless the shampoo is literally coming out of the bottle in a rainbow and then will turn my hair rainbow, pass. Yeah, I didn't buy them. I did sort of walk by and look longingly because I am not immune to the traps of rainbow capitalism, but I did not in the end buy a bottle of Listerine where the label is rainbow. I was not that much of a sucker. (laughs) It's all going to go away tomorrow. So anyway, if you want to (laughs) support rainbow capitalism where some of the proceeds actually go to a good cause, support us. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike unlike a random bottle of Listerine, it goes to a good cause, might get you a girlfriend, and it's really cute. And is it soft? Is it a soft tank top? It's a very soft tank top. There we go. So... All, all of the reasons why our stuff is better than a bottle of Listerine with a with a heart on it or whatever. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, to baseball. Baseball. <laughs> is that what we're talking about? I, I mean, ostensibly, people do come to us for a reason. I'm not always sure what that reason is. It's but I think it's supposed to be baseball. It's tangents. <laughs> it's tangents. Yeah. Um... So it's been it's been three weeks since we last recorded, and not enough. I feel like in the sports sphere has happened, but like a lot of stuff in terms of like various players having things going on. So I, we wanted to start with because I think this happened like right after we posted our last episode. We're very happy to know that Big Poppy is doing good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was... hasn't been a whole lot of updates in the last couple of weeks since he was reported as stable, but he was last reported as stable and. The most dangerous time for what happened to him was right after it happened. So if yeah. he came through his surgeries okay, that is a huge deal. And, and I'm gonna also like I w- I was actually not that comfortable with how much information we had after like his doctors were talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's he's a human. Let's let's maybe like not violate HIPAA. Yeah, that mm-hmm. well. So first of all, a lot of the doctors that were talking were in the DR, and I yeah. don't know personally what their equivalent of HIPAA is. I do think from an ethical standpoint. U.S. journalists should have a certain standard of respect for HIPAA and apply it in general, but obviously that's not the case. I was pretty surprised that they announced that he was going to Mass General. You'd think that's being a little obvious. Like, hey, here's this guy. Here's where you can find him. Seems a little... Right, like there's like 30 hospitals in Boston. You can say he's coming to Boston. I think the Red Sox technically have a relationship with Beth Beth Israel, not MGH. So it's not that that was necessarily the obvious thing to do. There are multiple level one trauma centers in Boston. And I don't know, there's, there's a pretty big risk of a lot of people that work there looking him up in the computer system because they want to. If you make it really obvious where he's going to be, now those people will almost certainly be fired. But still, why not just not make a big public announcement in the first place? Mm -hmm. There were reporters camped out outside the front entrance of Mass General for like a day when they were waiting for him to be brought there. Yeah. I'm surprised it was only a day. It's Boston and it's Big Poppy. Like, well, yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure there were plenty around after that, but just literally yeah. waiting for him to come. They were camped yeah. out for like hours before he was even there is what my point was with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Man's greatest hospital, blah, blah, blah. But like, give the man some space, please. Yeah. We don't yeah. need to be all up I, in his medical business. Basically, like 
what we need to know is, is he okay? Yes. The answer is yes. Then whatever whatever he feels like telling everybody is what he feels like telling everybody. Yeah. And regardless, like I get that HIPAA and the DR may work differently. It may not. I don't know. But like you shouldn't put a doctor in the position of having to answer something that in a different country would be unethical to do. Yeah. And those doctors shouldn't be answering those questions regardless of what the actual law is in their country. I mean, there are international ethical standards that go beyond what is strictly legal. And you, as a doctor, I think, have a responsibility to be ethical regardless of what the law actually is. So it flies out the window when it's somebody famous. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I know. Sucks. We're glad he's okay. Yes. We're very, very, very glad he's okay. Um, I do think it's funny that people were like, it was a case of mistaken identity. And I'm like, really? Yes, because the most famous face in the DR was mistaken for someone else. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's anybody else? No. (laughs) I don't know. But he's okay. That's the importantest thing. Yes. Um, And sort of whatever the legal blah, blah, blah that comes from it, uh, which seems very complicated and what was happening, how it was happening, what folks are claiming, etc., I'm kind of like, he's okay. There we go. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sort of regardless of what the final narrative of it was, because it seems very complex. And like, and it's likely it's we will changing. really never know. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the other thing of, oh, it was mistaken identity, or maybe it was somebody else, or blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? He's fine. He's fine. Mm-hmm. And like, hopefully it leads to future precautions. Can we transition into the fact that the Red Sox are in London? How long did, did that game see... go on yesterday? Five hours? Something, something like that? that. Did you see, though, about Mookie and Meghan Markle being related? No. no. So it was a Globe article, I think, last year. And it's not, they can't be 100% definitive. But well, basically, yeah, both have... of them have forebears who were enslaved on the same plantation and then lived in the same area. And yeah. as with many people that were kind of re creating lives and identities they had the same last name they may or may not have been blood relatives but then they definitely have relatives by marriage so they may be blood related and they're absolutely related by marriage a couple of generations back and apparently when the duke and duchess were visiting the clubhouses i'm not sure if it was before or after the game yesterday mookie had read the article and went up to her and said hey did you know about this and she got wicked excited and they hugged that's that's a nice end to that story because my all every every red flag is going up of who did this study and why like if mookie betts had done it himself but that's clearly not the case like somebody took it upon themselves to research someone's genealogy with, i mean genealogy um, research mm, on like the british royals is not ugh. exactly rare or unheard of I can see if I can find the article. My impression reading it was not... I, I didn't feel skeeved reading it. Mm, okay. um, I don't remember the exact details of who was doing it and why. I am going to say, for the record, I am skeeved about any American involvement in the British royal nonsense. Personally. <laughs> I, I'm mostly... It's, it's a little bit more complicated. Well, it's no, it's a lot more complicated. But you're talking about enslaved people. Right. Like, and you're talking about relative you know sort of relationships of people who were enslaved um and then formally enslaved uh because obviously like it's not only complicated in terms of like genetic relationship but it's also complicated in terms of like 
who who and how last names were essentially adopted or assigned is very right. like so yeah, that's and the I, part I, that's I, not clear yeah the part where they're absolutely related by marriage a generation or two later yeah when everyone was free that part is the much more definitive um so it sounds like it was a genealogist who just kind of does this as a hobby oh. and is academically interested in this sort of research and doesn't have any financial stake in the matter. Okay. And the thing that's most important to me, frankly, was that at the end of the day, Mookie thought it was really cool. Yeah. And he, I mean, it's his family. He's in, he, he, he gets to feel that way. <laughs> yeah. And obviously if that were not the case, I would feel differently about it. Mm-hmm. And if this were somebody who was doing it for profit, I would feel differently about it. But yeah. So Meghan Markle also had, I'm going to say a, great great uncle who played in the negro leagues mm, that's actually pretty dope so she's just got like a bunch of baseball connections all over the place that's pretty which dope. i mean i guess if you look it's kind of like how everybody's got like a jewish connection if you decide you want to look for it like everybody's also got a baseball connection if you decide you want to look for it <laughs> but she has a couple um and this was just this really cool moment where there were pictures of the two of them hugging after he told her about it he was of course grinning ear to ear because that's what he does yeah Uh, she seemed thrilled and it was very sweet cool and uh sort of beyond that in the series this is some very high scoring baseball in london what was the final score because i remember checking in in like i don't know the seventh or eighth and it was like 17 to 13 and i don't remember where we ended up so the final score from it was it stayed 17 to 13 yeah And then today it's currently four to zero, and it's in, in the second. second inning. Oh my god! Well, bases are loaded with nobody out. So isn't the isn't the center field wall not wall? But you know, the center field distance is like three eighty. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, it's a pretty short outfield, but I don't think this has just been all homers. I think this has also just been apparently no one can figure out how to pitch. Well, England is not all- a different planet. Well, I, I, you know, they drive on the other side of the road, so it's the same idea. You have to pitch with your opposite hand. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the amphibious pitcher? <laughs> Somewhere in the minors, I'm afraid. <laughs> Damn it. I missed that guy. Because I, um, I want to say Yankee Stadium is, yeah, it's 408 to the out wall in Yankee Stadium. So three 380 is shorter, but like mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium is notoriously small. I don't think 408 is like I don't feel that 408 is small center. I mean the 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 right and left field walls could be changing that perception, but 408 yeah. and center doesn't seem like like it, Nats Park is only like 405. It's 399 and 385. Like I pulled up the dimensions and yeah. it's you know uh, it's a hitter's it, park. It it is a it is a hitter's park. So like um, I'm just gonna compare that with like Comerica because that's where we currently are mm-hmm. and it's 420. In, yeah. in center um yeah. and like it's shorter on the left and right field so that's a little bit different mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think of like well let's let's go with marlins because yeah. marlins park is notoriously like not a hitter's park so marlins park is 418 mm-hmm. it's actually yeah it's about 10 feet, feet further nats park is considered sort of new like a neutral park it's not a hitter's park and it's not a batter uh, a pitcher's park and our center's 405, and then the corners are like 390? Well, and the climate has a lot to do with everything. Yeah. And for what it's worth, there's supposed to be a high of 76 in London today. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. And it's a closed roof. <laughs> so 
how is the ball flat? Is the ball juice, Laura? A, yes. <laughs> but B, they were really saying that it was not playing as small as they thought it was going to be when they were taking BP. So I was not watching yesterday. I can't necessarily attest for why the score was so high, but they were saying before the game that the park was not playing absurdly small. Um, I'm going to go back to their pitching on the on the wrong side. Yeah. Because like, yeah, this is this is apparently not some great pitching. Well, the Sox, the Sox only hit two homers. The Yankees, I suppose, hit three. It's not like all of those runs were just scored on homer, 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 homer. Right. There was a lot of there was a fair amount of just like, get them on, get them over. How long were they in London before this series started, out of curiosity? Because that's actually, like, a significant jet lag situation. That's not the three hours from coast to coast here. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't have a clue, actually. Yeah, and they're playing at... Well, they're playing at whatever in the afternoon there, which is 10 a.m. here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that's, like... But but you get to the park earlier, much earlier than the game starts. If you're a player, yeah, so like at they least, show up at least like four hours usually. Yeah, so they show up usually at like one p.m. for a seven p.m. game. Yeah, um, and like if it's a ten, you know, if it's ten a.m. to your body, they're probably not demanding that you show up at like five a.m. to your body because that's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the going from west to east jet lag is generally much much worse than east to west yeah um i do think it's interesting that they they have picked london tokyo and mexico city to do these. well i understand two of those <laughs> yeah like i understand tokyo and i understand mexico city but i'm like they're like we're determined to take the game international and i'm like there are other cities in latin america y'all yeah like there, there are, are other cities huge... in asia too there are other cities in Canada. There are huge swaths of the world that are actually interested in baseball. Australia? They could have gone. I mean, that would have been real jet lag. They went to, they did go to Australia. They did an opening series four years ago. Oh, I did not remember that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly memorable. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like, like if they want to expand their audience and expand their brand, there are places that will be extremely receptive to that. And then there's going to London. Apparently, the place is packed. Um, apparently, everyone's like, "Hey, look, hey guys, cricket," and I'm like, "That's <laughs> not really the okay." <laughs> um, well, apparently, no. million-hour-long cricket games are pretty normal, so maybe that's why they are trying to make these games really long. They like want to make sure. Expect. Yeah, they want to make sure the British feel like they're getting their money's worth when they're used to cricket games that last all day. Seventh <laughs> inning tea break, like. <laughs> oh What's I mean, the you... thing where the they have to have more power to the power grid at that certain time of night because everybody plugs in their tea kettle at the same time? I have never heard of this before. Oh no, this is a real phenomenon. Let me see if I can find it. That's I mean, I don't doubt silly. you. I, I just, I've never heard of this. I, I'm glad that they got so many people there. I, I do wish that, like, again, playing in cities where they might actually expand to, in my mind, mm-hmm. like, as a as a test thing, makes more sense than London. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Sure, why not London? Okay, I found it. It's called TV Pickup. And basically, so many people in the UK watch the same TV programs at the same time that Every time there's a commercial break, there's a surge in demand for electricity and water because everybody gets up to get a snack, boil water, and pee at wow. the same time all over the country because they're all watching the same thing. 
they don't have DVRs. I'm I'm having well, a lot of trouble with this information. <laughs> so it's like there was there's one listed here where Dreaming. ever pickup phenomenon was on July fourth, nineteen ninety, when England versus West Germany finished their penalty shootout in what was at the time the FIFA World Cup semifinal, and then everyone in England got up to go to the bathroom and make tea. Okay, like them, a sports everyone. thing, I feel like, like, I understand it from a sports side of things. But, like, if they're just watching, you know, what's on network television anymore, see, I don't know. I haven't watched Deal or no deal. If they're just watching The Price is Right, like, who uh, needs to... <laughs> EastEnders, The Royal Wedding, a lot of soccer matches. Uh, and I first heard about this in the context of Doctor Who. Everyone hides behind the couch from a Dalek at the same time. <laughs> but also turns on a tea kettle. Yes. Okay. Anyway, we need to pass this. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm just I'm salty because I'm just like, hey, we should like. Yeah. And they're gonna put a baseball team in like a, a pro team in Vegas, which I'm actually in favor of. You I have know, nothing against it. Certainly. The Golden Knights like prove like Vegas is a sports town. It turns out that I think a lot of the fears about like gambling and sports were like actually it's a pretty populous area and people live there like and they like really have a lot of fun with being a sports team in vegas so you know they could they could do that and then there's a there's a wnba team there too so i think that the aces are there so you know i'm i'm cool with it but i i'm also like put a team in mexico city put a team in san juan i know Uh, the rays (laughs) wanted split time with montreal which is the dumbest thing i've ever heard we haven't talked about that (laughs) Which, what? They want to do an opener of their entire team in a city. <laughs> it wasn't a real idea. It was just another way of trying to bait the city into giving them a new stadium on public money. I hear that, and and stadium deals are out are absolutely awful, and I and I get that. But like, um, and being like, we're gonna clear out and go to Montreal, and Montreal's like, what? what? Well, Montreal wants a baseball team back. Like they are, yeah, but they don't want that. On. Well, they certainly nobody wants the Rays. Let's just be clear. The Rays are good, though. <laughs> like the Rays are good at baseball. I know, but they're full of so many crazy ideas. Nobody wants them. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a I think that's a you statement. <laughs> like, oh God, like so clearly we have some feelings about Kevin Kiermaier. <laughs> I didn't say individual people in the Rays. I said the team. Oh god, it's too early for me for this. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that the, well, one Montreal, you cannot have your baseball team back. No take backsies. No, they can have a different team. They get a they get another one. But like of all the bluff, like as a bluff, that is the dumbest bluff because everyone's gonna look at you and go, "You're gonna split your time between two cities in two different countries in two different countries." Like that, no one that's that's a plan with that you. works. Like. like the visa situation on that, if you're not a U.S. citizen or a Canadian citizen, is probably like, flip a table. Yeah, like, it, it's such a terrible bluff. Because every, it's like, it's like yeah, you're, you're definitely going to do that. That is something I need to be afraid of. Because that's a, that's a reasonable and logistically simple plan. Like, no. <laughs> that's the episode title. A reasonable and logistically simple plan. <laughs> I appreciate oh, you just God. laughing. Like, hey. Okay. Kay confronts the Tampa Bay Rays and is just like Nelson, ha ha, at them. It's not even that. I'm not. I can't even laugh at them. I'm just everything they do is so absurd to me that I can't take them seriously. And it's very early, and I've only had one cup of coffee. I need more coffee. Uh, 
All right. I'm literally well, crying. I don't think any. I don't think anyone thinks that it's a serious suggestion of what they're gonna do. So. Right. Right. Um. <sighs> Can we move into other travel? Yeah. Let's 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 talk about something that is not insane and is actually awesome. What? You went to see, to- you went to see Tony Stone. I did. Well, so I went to New York last weekend, and I saw the play Tony Stone, which is currently playing at Roundabout through, I believe, the end of this month, or the end of July. And it is based on the biography of her called Curveball, which I reviewed on our website about a year ago. So this was a continuation of something I've been looking forward to for a while. It is... A straight play, not a musical, but there is a baseball choreographer, and now that I've seen it, I can completely understand why. It doesn't cover her whole life. It focuses on her time with the Indianapolis Clowns, but there are some flashbacks to her childhood where you learn about how she came into baseball, you know, how she became the first woman to play in the Negro Leagues, and it's very, very well done. I will say it's not an emotionally easy play to watch, and it's sadly not family friendly and i say sadly not because i don't think that the play should be doing what it's doing i say sadly because unfortunately that's what she lived through so she and the team had very difficult experiences with racism on the road racism in pretty much every setting ever and the play really doesn't shy away from that and so i had also seen a staged reading of the first act when they were workshopping it at radcliffe a couple of years ago and there was a q a and the author of the play lydia diamond made a comment at that point where she said the more attention this play has gotten the whiter the audiences have gotten and kind That's- of was what's been happening as the play has becoming more high profile and quote unquote prestigious and i was thinking about that a lot as i was watching it and it's Essentially, this play makes eye contact with the white audience members and just like looks you in the eye. And I say this as a white audience member, obviously, and looks you in the eye and says, this is what's happening. And this is how it feels. And you do not get to look away. And I think that is really its strength, that it shows you and it makes you feel it and it makes you understand what this was like. And there are some particularly evocative scenes based on things that did happen where they would be barnstorming and they would be, you know, hired to play the local white team. And you were supposed to make it a good game, but ultimately lose because the black team wasn't supposed to beat the white team. And I think the line that she has is something like, some days you just don't have the lose in you. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they would win because they were a really great team. And then they had this careful routine of before the last out was even actually caught, the rest of the team, other than the guy who was standing there waiting to catch the ball, was already running to the bus. Mm. And this was, I mean, the way that they portrayed this and other similar experiences was really incredible. And so the Indianapolis Clowns were also known for the clowning, which was this, you know, the the performances that they would put on. um, I want to say it was usually before the fifth, um, where they would do this elaborate clowning routine. And it's it's shown a few different times throughout the play in different emotional contexts. And so the first couple of times, it's just very goofy. It's very silly. They're doing it lightheartedly. And then as the intensity of the play ramps up and as you get a closer understanding of what they're going through, it becomes more frenetic. It becomes more painful and ultimately a little bit grotesque. But you can't look away. 
and that was what the baseball choreographer was doing as well as there are just some of these other sort of action sequences where they're kind of dancing the game which is really really cool and quite beautiful um and i found out in an article that i retweeted recently that april mathis who plays tony stone actually spends her mondays monday being the day that broadway is traditionally dark she spends her mondays in the batting cages oh wow that's great yeah so and they've had some awesome interactions with mlb um, the play itself is actually being sponsored by a couple different MLB-related entities. So the MLBPA Youth Development Foundation is involved, and I want to say the Braves are involved. Really? Um, but I'm now not seeing that in the program that I just opened to double-check, so I'll get back to you on that. But as a piece of theater, it's incredibly evocative, it's powerful, it's moving, it's not perfect. There's a couple of things that theatrically speaking, I would do differently. I think the role that they have Tony Stone as the narrator of her own life with a significant number of monologues throughout, there are some that are amazing. And then there are some where it's like, why are we still telling this? Why don't you just show me? Mm. Um, so I think it sometimes relies a little bit too much on monologue narration. And the ones that are incredible and moving and beautiful are not allowed to just kind of stand that way because there's a little too much that's not quite as moving and beautiful where you feel like, well, just show me this as a scene. Why are you just telling me this? And particularly in the second act, I think those monologues get a little bit long and a little less moving and amazing and necessary feeling. And, and that's probably the biggest flaw that I would point out, theatrically speaking. Um, the other thing that's a really interesting choice, which I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about, but I ultimately came out of it feeling really good. So it's a cast of nine, and April Mathis, as playing Tony Stone, is the only woman in the cast. And the other eight actors who are all men play everyone else in her life, regardless of... Oh, and they're, everybody in the play is black. Um, and so the other eight actors who are all black men play everyone else, regardless of gender and regardless of race. And they have a few different sort of symbols to show you I am now a white man or I am now her mother or mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that um I had asked a question at the stage reading during the Q&A of why was that why did you decide to do it that way um when we're talking about opportunity for women and there's a lot of women on Broadway obviously but there are this is sort of something that so I grew up in theater and it's one of these really interesting things where there are so many more women who want to go into theater than men and there are so many more roles for men mm -hmm. and so I was like why didn't you write roles for women in this play about opportunity for women and the answer that I got was they wanted to really portray how in everything that she did she was the only woman she was never you know really surrounded by peers she was always surrounded by these men and I see what they were going for and I think it's very powerful I'm not entirely sure that it's true because one of the most important relationships that they portray is how when they were on the road, she often couldn't stay where the men could stay. And they had enough trouble finding places that they could stay as a team of black players, mm -hmm. depending on where they were traveling. And so she would often stay. She got to be friends with a number of sex workers in the different cities that they would go to. And she would often get lodging with these women because mm -hmm. it was somewhere that she could stay. And so they mm -hmm. kind of consolidated a few different characters into one or a few different real people into one character. And so she has this incredibly important female friendship with this woman, Millie, who is played with absolute loveliness and grace by one of the men in the cast. And I was worried it was going to be very caricature and it's not. It's done really, really well. But at the same time, I kind of went, but she does have this incredibly important female friendship 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and basically, it also boils down to, it sounds like, you're not paying a black actress to do that. Right. Right. Like, like that is a lost opportunity to say, let's bring somebody else into the cast and compensate them for their time, which in a play about that, yeah, that seems like a an odd I, choice. It also seems like you could make the exact, because I immediately when you said it's all men except for her, I'm like, well, obviously, this is to point out her isolation as a woman in a sea of men having a significant female friendship be the only other woman in the cast kind of makes a specific point as well. Right. And okay, sure. If you, you know, her mother is the only other woman character that you see, you could have had her mother be there for those fleeting moments that her mother's involved in the flashbacks and then never be seen anywhere else. But again, that would have been another black actress who mm-hmm. would have been a part of this production. And it just, from an artistic standpoint, I understand what they were trying to do from a philosophical standpoint of what this play stands for and should stand for. Yeah, I I, I ultimately really liked it artistically and I was very relieved that they played it so nicely and not as a caricature. But I still feel that these two other women characters should have been played by women, particularly Millie the friend. And that's in spite of what a wonderful job the actor who played Millie Mm -hmm. ultimately did. I still feel that even though he was wonderful, there still should have been a black woman actress in that role. Mm -hmm. Well, there's time for things to evolve. I mean, hopefully, hopefully this is a show that's going to get many runs. I mean, they're going to be coming to DC and we're going to try to make a, a meetup around that but that's for later but like hopefully there's uh, they have the opportunities to evolve this stuff and like adapt as they as they go as they find their feet well so yeah so it's coming to arena stage in dc next spring so 2020 and then they also recently announced and i don't know that we have a timeline for this yet that it will be going to san francisco as well hmm. i don't know that in the anytime near future the way that they're casting it will change because I think that the playwright, who is a black woman, and I you know, respect mm-hmm. her and defer to her in many, many things, but this is something that she feels really strongly about because she right. was the one answering it at the Q&A. And she's been heavily involved in these productions as it's been developed, which when a play is in fairly early development like this is pretty common. And so I don't know that as long as she is this closely involved and she feels artistically very strongly about this, I don't know that mm-hmm. this aspect of it is likely to change. Yeah, and I and I understand the reasoning behind that sort mm-hmm. of decision. Um, we'll see. Sort of, we are going to arrange a, a meetup to go see it in DC in 2020. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and hopefully yeah. Yeah. we'll we'll have a chance to read the biography between now and then, which I yeah, and it's, I would absolutely recommend going. You know, my theater critic role here that I'm temporarily putting the hat on for. You know, it is still fairly early, and they had just come out of previews, and I saw it in the third performance that was actually an official performance as opposed to a preview. It may be that they do still make some changes to the narration and the monologues, particularly in the second act, because I actually think that they are getting this reaction from a number of real critics and not just me. And so it's entirely possible that one of the things that I felt could have been improved upon by the time they come to be, by the time they come to DC, it will have been. Um, and other than that, really, I mean, it's it's gorgeous, it's difficult, it's important. It doesn't shy away from any of these incredibly difficult conversations. And I will just put in there, there's there's some significant talk about sex in general as well as sexual assault. Mm. Um, so if you're mm-hmm. somebody who's thinking about seeing it, you should just be aware of that. Yeah. Um, 
and then of course all of the racism that I already talked about. You can kind of assume you're going to get that, but the the sexual stuff is in there as well because that's the thing that she was dealing with and experiencing, both in positive ways and then of course in negative ones with with some of the sort of uh, dangerous situations that she unfortunately mm-hmm. was was put into. Um, and yeah, so so don't bring your six year old, mm-hmm. um, but bring yourself and definitely um, for for anybody interested in baseball or anything really. I mean, it just has it has so many important evocative themes about American history and life in general, even if you're not, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in baseball, but <laughs> if you have friends or family members who are not, but you think that they would like an amazing piece of theater about race and gender and history. I went with a friend who is not a baseball fan and he still got a ton out of it and really, really enjoyed, well, enjoyed, was moved by right. all of those, right? all of those things. Can I plug two more women in baseball things? Please. Yes, please. Okay. This is sort of a, a slightly, uh, well, on a slightly different note from from the play, which sounds extraordinarily moving. And I'm we're excited to go see it when it's in D.C. for sure. Ebbets Field Flannels, uh, which makes uh, sort of replica and authentic jerseys, just released uh, the what they're calling the Effa Collection, um, named for Effa Manley. Uh, which is Ooh. women in which is uh, women in baseball. So <gasps> includes um, both things that are tributes to her, seeing that she is the only woman who has been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, as well as from the uh, All American Girls Professional Baseball League and the Indianapolis Clowns. Um, there is also a fabulous Tony Stone shirt uh, featuring the the famous picture of her catching the ball. So if you are interested in rocking some of that, for sure, check it out. We definitely need to post that link. Yeah, we will. They had that shirt. They were selling that shirt at the, I just found it while you were talking about it. Um, If you do go, if anybody does go see the play in New York, the the shirt that Sid is talking about is also for sale at Roundabout as part of their uh, play merchandise table. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) Are are they selling uh, clowns merchandise too? They have a jersey. Okay. Um, just one option on that, but there is a jersey, there is this t-shirt, and then I believe there is a baseball shirt with a slogan that comes up in the play, and I'm I'm not going to get the exact quote right, but it's something about, people told me I couldn't, so I did. Um, and then there's also posters and magnets and mugs. Yeah. Um, so even if you can't make it to New York for the play, you can still rock the shirt, uh, and, you know, We'll see when it comes to DC if they're also selling it. But that, oh, they will be. <laughs> that collection is up. It looks amazing. Um, it's a shut up and take my money situation. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other thing is, and this literally just went past on my feed. Um, Saber Seminar this year is doing a women in baseball panel. Nice. Um, so, if you happen to be in Boston um, in August and are attending Saber Seminar. Um, they are doing a uh, a panel about women in baseball featuring scouts, featuring uh, somebody who works for the Red Sox. So just a whole bunch of, of women who work in baseball and talking about, I believe, women in baseball. So That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add to that. This is something that we probably normally would have put in our, our ending, but I think it's more on topic now. For other women in baseball, but specifically girls in baseball, girls who are out there right now trying to play... DC Girls Baseball is doing a fundraiser. Um, I don't have the link on hand at the moment, but all of our Twitters we've been linking from, uh, including the podcast Twitter. So if you want to go donate to their their various fundraising pages, if you send any of us a screenshot of your of your donation, you'll get a shout out in another episode because it's really important when we talk about women in baseball to support 
the young people who are out there actively trying to do it right now. And baseball is an expensive sport to play. Um, yes, like, and to an be specific. Uh, it, it's really important that girls who may not be able to afford this get the opportunity. Yes, so they're specifically fundraising for girls who want to be coming to these tournaments that they're attending all over the country. And mm -hmm. so there's a ton of expenses involved in that, but the travel and the equipment and, and you know, parents, yeah. if you need to go with taking time off work, it's a very, very expensive thing to be doing. And because there are fewer opportunities to play in girls baseball tournaments, they are further away. Yeah. So DC girls baseball is fundraising so that the girls on their team and involved with the organization who would not otherwise be able to attend these tournaments will hopefully be able to do so. So it's a really great cause. Yeah. Yeah, and similarly for, for boys baseball, travel baseball is just notoriously oh. expensive. Oh, it's disgusting. I mean, and we've uh, talked about it before, how it's it's the reason that the sport in the U.S. is getting whiter and whiter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, baseball in general is just, like, travel baseball takes it, travel sports in general take it to a, a whole nother level. But, like, I remember the first time I found out that, like, people had to pay for their own little league. And I was like, that's outrageous. Why is that a thing? Like, um, it's, <laughs> it's crazy to me. Did either of you catch uh, Masson had a had a video about with Bo Porter talking about how he got into baseball? Did either of you catch that? I no, didn't. I wish I had. Um, so it was him talking, and um, I I watched this a couple of weeks ago. So if I flub any detail, I apologize, Sorry, and we Bo. will link to it. Um, he basically so he was hitting baseballs and like breaking his neighbor's window, <laughs> and so the neighbor came over and was like to to his mom and was like. He's breaking the windows. Um, and she's like, we can't afford to put him in Little League. And the neighbor basically said, I will pay for his Little League fees <laughs> and I will drive him there. And that is how he, like, and it was like a friend, uh, yeah, you know, a family same, friend. Like, it's funny, but it's also horrible. Um, but it's, I wonder which was cheaper, replacing the window well, repeatedly yeah. or giving the kid a ticket that's to what, That's what's funny, but it's also horrible that, like, that's the thing that stood between him and baseball. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, and so it was a very moving story about essentially he got involved because a, a family friend and essentially community member said, hey, I will pay your fees. And more importantly, I will drive you and, and make sure that you can get there. Um, yeah. And like that is the other thing that is essentially built in. Mm -hmm. That is sort of a I won't say it, it's an invisible cost. Right. You mm -hmm. have to have yeah. a parent or, or adult who is able to take somebody to practice and essentially wait around and, mm -hmm. and or come pick them back up or whatever. Right. And a um, car or live some money. or yeah. live somewhere with a robust public transportation system. And that's assuming that you're not eight years old. Yeah. Not that eight year olds don't take public transportation on their own, but like not all of them. <laughs> Most yeah. of them don't. <laughs> um and so yeah, it was a it was a very moving story. It was clear that it was, you know, a very important relationship in his life. Um, and he basically said, like, I got where I was today because basically somebody in, in my neighborhood interceded on my behalf. And mm -hmm. not only was it like, I want to stop Bo from like breaking my windows, <laughs> but also like, this is clearly something he's, he's excited about and passionate about as a, as a kid. And it turned into a career for him. Um, and you wonder how many sort of, again, like the sort of lost, lost talent aspect of mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. um of the economic barriers to doing doing something like that mm -hmm. which don't get interceded from because baseball won't take a hard look at itself and say hey we should make this cheaper and more accessible mm -hmm. hey on that note do we want to talk about our latest foot in mouth dumbass yes let's talk about adam 
Spanky, but myself, Eaton. <laughs> Stop hitting be- yourself, Adam Eaton. <laughs> I have to say, I'm not, I'm not even like, even like angry because professional athlete, rich professional athlete, doesn't understand exploitation. News at eleven. Well, well and he literally <laughs> said, "Minor leaguers are being exploited, but I'm okay with it because it's a good thing. It motivated me, and it'll motivate them." Oh my god, it's yeah. such a dumb take. It's like such a terrible take that you almost have to laugh at it. And because it's so bad. Sorry. Frankly, he's in an organization that doesn't have a lot of depth right now. Like <laughs> we were bad because like the Yankees were super injured and the Yankees are still top of the AL East. Mm-hmm. And like we were super injured and like all of a sudden turned into no offense to the Orioles, the Orioles um, or the Marlins. Like we turn into a replacement level team yeah. immediately with a few sort of key injuries, which will not happen again. But like, no, clearly, if that were motivating them, the organization would have more depth, but it doesn't. Yeah, uh, like, uh, like, these are, I, I, I just, I, I can't get over the fact that, like, he thinks that money is the only motivation for people who are committed to a minor league career. Like, that is a level of commitment that I don't have to anything but my cats. Like, <laughs> just be, like, being willing to do a minor league career and work and just work at that alone let alone have to have three jobs to support yourself that's a level of commitment and motivation because you really want to be playing the game being like oh well if i made enough to feed myself i wouldn't try hard (laughs) are you kidding me and and notably there actually have been a, a number of people in the game not just not that we're just anything, I think we're great, but, you know, people who have actually lived through it have been commenting on what a terrible take this is. Mm-hmm. You could actually, I think, over Twitter hear Sean just go, <sighs> like, he's yeah. pinching his nose, he's like, I'm gonna have to leave the bookstore to go tell somebody <laughs> something. Yeah, like, I mean, the person I, I was gonna, reading. The person I was actually gonna bring up is Cody Decker. Really? Um, who went off yeah on twitter in the best way and was just like this is the worst thing i have ever heard and you are a fucking idiot wow (laughs) and i think he actually (laughs) i'm I'm sure he did am reasonably sure he said yeah fucking something because i remember going oh cody decker he mad i mean i don't it almost seemed like this was the universal uniter of base random baseball dudes on twitter being like dude no Nobody, you did that. You got this one wrong. Like, yeah, and he, I, I actually didn't. Spectrum. He went on one of the various talk shows to talk about it, and I, to be fair, didn't actually listen. Um, but he also, at that point, had continued to dig the hole where he posted on Instagram something about, like, I'm sorry if I offended anybody, yep, blah blah blah, and then you know, went on this talk show, and it was just like. Buddy, you you can't you can't walk this back. You can't say they're exploited, but I'm okay with it, and walk that back. Not without immediately just saying everything I said was wrong. I'm sorry, that was dumb. That and, you, can, you can walk that back. And he's like, "Well, that wasn't the full interview." And I'm like, "Buddy, you're a celebrity. You've had media training. You know that like when you do an interview, they're going to use the most salient quotes, and it's not going to be a transcript of what you have to say." Also, um, what possible context 
makes those sentences better. Right, They're that was being what exploited, I was but, and you're like, no, nope, nope, you stop it before the but. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I obviously understand that things can be taken out of context sometimes. I just don't see how there is a context in which they're exploited, but I'm okay with it can mean anything other than they're exploited, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> There's no context. I can't think of one. I just can't. I, I kind of understand better why all of Adam Eaton's former teammates don't like him. I, I genuinely thought that, like, that was a them problem. No, it's a him <laughs> but problem. But apparently, nope, it's a him problem. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's meeting <laughs> an asshole. Like, you know the, the the saying, like, if you if you get up and you go out and you meet one asshole, congratulations, yeah. you've met an asshole. But ever, if everyone's you meet is an asshole, you're the asshole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Adam Eaton. Like, every, everybody thinks you're an asshole, buddy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> I'm glad you and Howie Kendrick have a fun, like, like run celebration that involves driving cars. Um, but, like, maybe, and, and this, is, this is something that we're going to need to talk about. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, not speaking in interviews is free. And you yeah. can do it. What's we need to modify the golden rule rather than like if you don't have something nice to say, you should just be like if you don't have something non idiotic to say, just don't say anything at all. Oh, here we go. I found I found the money quote from Cody Decker. Okay. Adam Eaton is a delusional asshole who has lost what little perspective he ever had. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I wanna note that Cody Decker's wife is a professional insult comic. <laughs> who's his, who's his <laughs> wife? Jennifer, Jennifer Decker? Jennifer Decker. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, like, she's way more famous than he is and is a prof literally a professional insult comic. <laughs> so I, I wonder if he maybe got an outfield assist. Yeah, but. he also says, did I not succeed getting up to the big leagues those seven years, racking up 30K in credit card debt to survive, while setting the Padres minor league home run record because I wasn't motivated yeah, and he, he goes into some of the other details about jobs that he worked and places that he yeah. slept, you know. And he's sort of the ultimate journeyman. I mean, he, when you talk about the minor league home run record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. Like, here, here's the thing, though. There, I believe that there are people who play at M the, the MLB le level who don't, particularly feel that passionate about the game of baseball and who are there because they worked very hard um but like are those the 40 year olds no I, it's not <laughs> fernando rodney for for instance no. i'm actually talking about anthony rendon like anthony rendon has been open about like this is a job mm -hmm. like he clearly enjoys playing baseball but like you know and he's worked very 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 hard to get there but at the same time like there are there are guys who want it who are never going to have it, and that's the horrible thing about baseball. Right. And I think that there are some guys who didn't really want it, but, like, are there because of other circumstances as well, and that's, that's a job. Like, congratulations, right. you have described a job. And so, like, I, I just, you know, I think that, like, the idea of, and this is obvious, like, the idea of you're not successful because you don't want it enough is just... So it's just in inherently toxic. Yeah. And the fact that he, well, he's just an idiot. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's just an idiot. And yeah. can we have Lucas Giolito back? Oh, oh my God. You know, 
you know what killed me about the Lucas Giolito article was I look up, I really look up to Sean Doolittle. I'm like, Jesus, we could have had it all. I know. <laughs> yeah, and I so so I have a lot of positive feelings about Lucas Giolito. I didn't love that article. Yeah, I, I agree well, with you. Yeah. Um, the last, so this is an article in the Chicago Sometimes about basically Lucas Giolito being outspoken about immigration as an issue, but also like things in general, which we knew. There's because, no gender roles in this apartment, bro. Remains my favorite baseball yes. player quote of all time. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, cinnamon rolls, not gender roles. But the article itself was very obviously focused on Lucas Giolito. But like the last line of the article is like him being like, I don't really know what the Latin players have done to get here. But it's interesting to find out. And I'm like. Could have talked to some of them. Wait, maybe. What? <laughs> like literally that's the last line of the article. And I'm that's... like, hey. What? <laughs> wait, a, that's wait a wait a titch, guys. There are multiple failures happening here for multiple different uh fronts. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> about like a childhood nanny. Like he 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 learned to care about other people because he had a childhood nanny who was undocumented. And I'm like, uh okay. Yeah, and I the the biggest thing going through my mind as we're reading this was. Was she okay with him telling this story? Did she know that this was going to be in print? And, and if she did and was fine with it, that should be explicitly in the article. Yeah, and I hope so. But they didn't tell me so. And, like, him being friends with Tim Anderson and talking about Tim Anderson's experience. Mm-hmm. As, and Tim as, Anderson was quoted, which I thought was was good. Yeah. And but I again, liked that. that. I thought that was probably the best part of the article. It, it, it's just, it's a matter of, like, the the reporter's decision to center it on Lucas Giolito versus, I don't know, the White Sox clubhouse dynamics based around this is, it would be more, it have been a more interesting article. True. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, I thought the fact that he was willing to say that he has had beef with teammates over political mm-hmm. issues in the past, you don't get players out for outwardly saying that particularly often and no i had kind of mixed feelings about the way that that was put yeah and i i don't want to bring anyone's names into it but i thought it would have been more useful to have like a couple of illustrative examples right it, it would have been nice but like it's a little unrealistic to just be like, like it, it, start calling out all of the people that you had beefs with no but i mean like having an illustrative example that was a teammate said this to me and this okay. was the response without bringing anyone's name into it okay, would have fair enough like had like i think that like the idea of the article was good but the reality of it was like Ugh. but i felt that way the same way about a lot of the coverage about alex bregman learning spanish right yeah or and it Brian says a lot about... learning spanish right. or like it's who are we centering yeah, and it says right. a lot about the people writing these articles. And, you know, I I still am really excited and happy to hear Lucas Giolito talking about this stuff. I mm-hmm. think that he is learning, and so am I, and that's fine. And, you know, I would like to find out if his nanny was okay with this, etc. Um, but in general, the fact that he is willing to talk to the media about these issues when so many other people, so many other white players are just not interested... Mm-hmm. And obviously with the players of color, it's a completely different situation. But so many yeah. other white players are just like, cool, whatever, not on my radar, or my opinions are terrible, or somewhere in the middle. Um, I think the fact that he's talking about this is still really great. I think that the narrative, I wonder whether he 
feels like he only cares about like i feel like this is such a typical like oh i had a daughter and then i suddenly cared about rape like oh i i made a friend who was not white and now i suddenly care i don't know it's one of those narratives that's so constant and i wonder whether it's 100 percent how he feels or not i think that's one of those things that where contrary to adam dumbass eaton context doesn't matter here context of how he said that might actually be important not i learned to care about people but i understood uh, this struggle that was not something i had experienced well because of like those are two very different statements yeah it's also talking about his childhood and if you're like a six-year-old growing up in a wealthy white community you may or may not have any other way to know that these issues exist and you shouldn't have to have somebody like this to care at all but the way that it was phrased was more like this is the reason he cares Mm -hmm. as opposed to this is why he was aware of this as an issue as a young child, in spite of the rest of his environment, not really including anyone else who was going through this. Right. And those are different things. And I'm not saying I know which one it it is in his case, but those are different things. Yeah. And I, and I think like there's, there's obviously the balance between elevating white players who are outspoken, who have frankly less to lose by being outspoken and demanding it Mm -hmm. of non-white players who have more to lose. And like, there needs to be a balance, but at the same time, the way in which it was structured, I don't think Lucas Giolito is in the wrong. I think that the, the author or the writer probably needed to do some thinking and get some other perspectives Mm -hmm. other than sort of a, a a puff piece esque profile of lucas giolito that frankly just begged a lot of questions and didn't do the reporterly thing and answer them yeah it was a bad article about a good guy yeah like yeah it's a bad it was it was a not great article that i think tried to get at some interesting stuff but didn't yeah didn't follow through on things where you're like but this is you're a reporter and this is like the very obvious question like, yeah. this is not this is not a, a tangential question. This is the front and center obvious question. Uh, petition to send Adam Eaton back to Chicago for Lucas Gilito and Tim Anderson. Look, the White Sox, you know, let's 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 give them that. Adam Eaton, we can send perhaps back to <laughs> Chicago. We are not sending Anthony Rendon to Cleveland. No, he's mine or ours. <laughs> uh, for the All Star Game, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just turn into Gollum for a moment. My brightness. <laughs> if anyone gets to lay claim to him, it's me. You know what? I know. I loved him before it was cool. Yeah, and I say yeah, that every know. single time. Tony but like, hipster. yes, I am hipstering about Anthony Rendon because I loved him in 2013 <laughs> when everyone was like, "Who?" and I'm like, "He's gonna be great." Well, and herein lies my continued beef with Nolan Arenado, and yeah. I don't care how great he is. It's Tony's turn, and clearly the rest of the world still... There, Although there actually have been some pretty significant talks about changing the all-star voting. Oh, they're just going to make it worse, though. I mean, it's MLB. They don't make things better. They make them worse. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kay. Sorry. <laughs> but this is why I have a chip on my shoulder about Nolan Arenado. Because he will always, always, always be the starting third baseman as long as he and Tony are in the same league. And I, for one, am sick of it. I just, you got to hope he gets pulled on reserve, you know, where, where more reasonable heads prevail, shall we say? Um, Cause he didn't even make final vote this year. I don't think. Nope. He did, did not. Did we have anybody make final votes this we year? He did not. That to be fair. 
any nobody making final vote is not hugely surprising to me given you know we just got over 500 yeah <laughs> and i mean the past few years it's really been harper kind of representing yeah for the position players and even when he didn't deserve it which is what's frustrating mm-hmm. um you know if you look at bryce's numbers a couple of the years that he was really scuffling and he was voted to the all-star game anyway then you look at tony's numbers and like it's last just, year literally last year yeah literally last year i think was probably the most glaring example but it's, it's like- not the only time that's happened so, um, Baseball Perspectives just released leaderboards, which have Tony's uh, DRC+, plus, which is Deserved Run Created+, plus, with, which means essentially park-adjusted blah, 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 in it, as 145, and Arenado's is 138. He's slugging 605 to, to Arenado's 584, which is not a huge difference. Um, like, the reason that Arenado's uh, warp, which is the Baseball Perspectives war, is um, much higher than Tony's is because I think that they give a lot of credit for defensive stuff that I'm already like, they have him as essentially FRAA for Arenado is 9.2 and Tony is negative 0.5. Yeah. They tend to undervalue his defense and I think overvalue Arenado's Uh, fan graphs does the opposite. Defensive metrics are stupid, and it's looking yeah. at traces of birds in the sky. So, but, right. uh, I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to: that defensive metrics are not good metrics. Still. Right, but I still can't think of any defensive metric that puts Anthony Rendon in the negative category. Well, well I can think one. of one. <laughs> um, and like when you break out the components of some of the defensive metrics that they use, I am just like, but this, the whole is not the sum of its parts. And like for a metric, it should be internally consistent. Whatever. I'm mad about it. I'm mad about Anthony Rendon. I am perpetually mad about Anthony Rendon. Put it on my gravestone. Like <laughs> she died as she lived. Mad about Anthony Rendon. <laughs> um, oh, good So Lord. like, you know, this is, this is something that, is sort of endemic to how players are valued, but from an uh, like from a an an offensive perspective, he's a better player than Arenado. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's sort of it. it. It's kind of like the national voting public only knows what's talked about on like the late night baseball TV shows, and therefore don't know anybody else's name but Bryce Harper and Anthony or and Tony. <laughs> And Tony, and you don't e- Tony, you don't even know his name. Tony Arenado. No, Tony Arenado. Goddamn, took me five tries. Um, <laughs> it's like you ask somebody who's voting, who's the third baseman, and they're like, uh. Yeah. So, uh, Fangraphs has I think Arenado as a three point four WAR and Tony as three point two um, versus Baseball Perspectives has a much bigger split between the two of them, and again, it's possibly diva you know i don't know it's it's clear that it was a snub it's clear that it's a snub that he's not in the third uh that he's not in the top three um my feeling was he doesn't really want to go so i don't know how hard i should be voting for him we i mean we've discussed this i think our last two episodes we want him to be selected and not have to go um and same thing about sean and i think like Max will obviously go. Yeah, and Max goes and throws 99 and makes lots of grunty noises into the microphone and then <laughs> and Laura's happy. back to the clubhouse and bounces <laughs> off the walls a little bit and it's fun <laughs> and everybody has a good time. 
Yeah. Um, and Max pitching to Mike Trout last year was like, inject this into my vein. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so like, I'm happy to do that again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, that's going to be the tra- trade deadline. So like, if Tony's still a national, which please, 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 um, like, and he's not there. I'm like, he's at home with us. Like, <laughs> It's fine. Um, and we will obviously have some pitcher representation, but it's a little silly that him it's a little silly that he that Soto didn't get tapped. Yeah, yeah. honestly, that's that is pretty shocking, except um it's not. Like he's hitting above three hundred. He has like this, you know, a, a good OBP. Um Harper probably got more votes than he did because people have heard of Bryce Harper, um, despite the fact that Harper's not having a great season. Again. Again. Yeah. Um, and I and wouldn't the, be surprised if Soto gets selected. For the home run derby? Avengers. What? Don't, oh, no. Don't, don't wear out his shoulder. It's I young. Said, I said selected, not go. Well, and I don't know about the home run derby, but in terms of, because the starters are, are the voted ones, but they still have the reserves selected mm-hmm. by the managers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm hoping gets, gets Tony the nod that he so rightly deserves. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if Soto gets that, because... Mm-hmm the managers at least have a better sense of how amazingly he's doing compared Mm -hmm. to like the nation at large. Yeah. Who continues to not realize DC has a baseball team. We do. I don't know. What are we talking about? (laughs) Cool. We don't have any fans, like no fans. No, I mean, and I, I'm not, God knows you guys know I'm not hating on the fan base at all. It's what I'm, what I meant is just that outside of the fan base itself, I know, (laughs) you know, I still have to say, DC's Major League Baseball team, the Nationals, when I'm talking to someone from Massachusetts a lot of the time because Massachusetts <laughs> only knows who's in the AL. And even that, if you're not talking about the Yankees, like they really don't know any other teams besides the Red Sox. In 2019, I am still seeing just two days ago, hey, the Nationals stole the Walgreens logo. No, <laughs> I never heard that one before. I'm like, it, what year is it? Like, come on, people. Get better jokes. We are so easily dunkable. God, I know. There's so many reasons. <laughs> the logo is not one of them. Like, like, make fun of us for, for like, being like, have a Brandon Kinsler. Like, free Brandon Kinslers for everybody. <laughs> you get a Brandon Kinsler, you get a Brandon. Look under your chair. There's a Kelly who somehow pissed us off. Like, <laughs> get better jokes. <laughs> actually don't i enjoy it when we dunk on ourselves and like i feel like that's our brand and i don't want someone to steal my brand brandon hitler's era this year's 206 i hate everyone (laughs) no we hate mike grizzo yeah yeah and i've been saying this for years for what it's worth i hated mike grizzo before it was cool This is the hipster episode. Sean Kelly's ERA is 2.79. I'm just going to lay on the floor and don't moan. Even, don't even tell me what Blake Trinan is doing. And I know you guys don't like him, but <laughs> he, I like he, his butt and I like his pitching. And I don't care about Jesus or his yips, but his ERA has been ridiculous. It's it's 408. It's actually not that great. Oh, oh, did he finally come back to Earth? Damn, he came back to Earth. Um, Jesus, he had a sub one, Jesus he had dropped a sub him one ERA for a long time. Oh, yeah. Jesus dropped him from his fantasy team. <laughs> 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 that can't be the episode title. Can it? It might be though. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but like, 
Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we do in, in the words of a friend who works for a major tech company, um, about said tech comedy. We do some clowny ass bullshit. <laughs> I was like, what's this feature? And he's like, clowny ass bullshit. And I'm like, oh, good talk. Thanks. You, know, you know how the Nationals have been trying to find a new brand ever since they decided not to use Natitude anymore? Yes. I think the brand is clowny ass bullshit. Clowny yeah, ass. But that's too harpery because of the clown, quest- clown question comment. Craig. They're Craig. Sydney. <laughs> They're the Craig Ball. Yeah. Oh, Craig. We don't have time to explain that joke, so I might we just don't. We don't. Uh, <laughs> it's not about Craig Goldstein, managing editor of Baseball Prospectus. Don't worry, he listens. Um, it is about a ticket agent in the city of Rochester <laughs> who once accidentally rebooked an entire plane of people, but didn't tell the crew the flight was canceled. <laughs> Somebody somewhere has to be the Craig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and t- t- it's the Nationals. It's always the Nationals. Poor, poor Craig did not, un- not did not inform the flight crew or the plane <laughs> that the flight was canceled. And so I was on a plane with one other person <laughs> on, a, on a flight that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, it was at That's the time like the beginning of a Twilight Zone episode. Fairly scary. Honest. Uh, like yeah it it was on election day i'm just like this is i don't know what's happening um but yeah like we, we're the we gotta be the craig of of the nl east except the mets like well, the mets, yeah, like, i was, really I the was craig. gonna say it has been five years since anyone on the nationals last attacked anyone in front of the media physically <laughs> it has now been True. what we- four days yeah four days Matt said that happened so hey they, didn't they attack the, me- the yes, media exactly. the media the media the media the media you know Both. i the the Mets clearly have like the the office sign of how many days since our last nonsense yes <laughs> like that's clearly in the clubhouse but like how 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 are you the worst and you're in the same division as the Nationals and the Marlins if the Nationals- and the Phillies and frankly, Atlanta. If the Nationals well, are the, the Craig, thing, like- the Mets are Sideshow Bob in a room full of rakes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing about like, so you, we were talking about sort of whether the Nats are going to go into the deadline as buyers or sellers. And the thing is, yes, we're, we're literally at 500 right now, but nobody else is. Basically, the Phillies are barely ahead of us. Yeah, and if you look at the wild card, it's nonsense. Like, like the the obviously it's June, but and we have another month till the trade deadline. But if the wild card stays like it is, I don't see any of these teams wanting to be sellers. I mean, we're right there below the wild card slots. So is Arizona. So are the Padres. Like, even so is St. Louis. Really, like. There's just a lot of really bad teams in the NL right now. And what that means is there's not a lot of good teams. <laughs> wow. Analysis. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, making I, my I World Series you. prediction right now. The AL is going to win. <laughs> um, yes. So, like, I think the number is you have to be at um not just like you have to be only slightly above 500 to get to an nl wildcard slot like oh, currently God. you have to be at 525 to get to that, an NL wild card that slot. is appalling and for it's the the bad. al it's 550 like that's a big difference 
I mean, I guess you could look at it from the perspective of everyone's basically on the same footing and therefore we're just beating each other to hell and back. But But that's better baseball. I mean, it's better baseball, but it's also ridiculous for the entire, like, the entire league. Why? Even the NL Central, which, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when everyone in the NL Central was over 600 and, like, everybody was crying foul about how the best teams in baseball were not making the playoffs because of it. They have two teams over 500. Yeah. And so, like, it's, I actually don't mind when, when it sort of clusters around average. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that means that on any given day, you're about to see a better baseball game. Yeah. Um, and I say that because we swept the Phillies, dropped two to the to, to Atlanta, um, swept the Marlins. We dropped yesterday in Detroit because of stupid bullpen stuff, but, like, beat Detroit fairly fairly well in a, in a close game. Uh, we have Fernando Rodney for some reason. Hey, um, he's doing he's doing just fine. I appreciate no so anyone who is older than me being a professional athlete, and he's doing good at it. Sorry, I, you were on a path. Sorry. No, I genuinely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, he's also like an older figure in the bullpen. For we have some young guys in the bullpen, and I'm like, you know what? That's it's not good. a terrible ass idea. Like, yeah. 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 And poor Tanner Rainey. The debate right now seems to be: was he ever good? Or was or, he just new enough that the scouts hadn't figured him out yet? Or did we, or did or we, we actually ruin him? Break, him? break him? And I think the jury's still out on that. Did he actually start out well, or was he just a novelty? Or did we destroy what good things he had going? And that sounds absolutely like us, but yeah. I don't think there's quite enough data to know for sure yet. Um, <laughs> and and can he use a week off? Yeah. Can yeah. they all use a week off? Yes. Sean Doolittle. You can go to Cleveland, you can find an independent bookstore, you can read a book, and you can not play in the game. You can go to the West Side Market and eat all of the things. Yeah. Like, Cleveland is a is a nice town. Don't go, go near the river. Far. Don't go near the river. The river's nice now. They recovered it. I know. It's just there are fish. There are fish hatcheries. I, I know. I lived in Cleveland for four years. Or outside of Cleveland for four years. I know. Cleveland had multiple Negro League teams, and I bet if Sean found a nice book about them that would be a really fun way to pass the time yeah <laughs> go read a history uh appreciate the fact that community organizing basically created the epa and the clean water act um i had some really good food in cleveland my sister lived yeah. there she she went to uh, grad school there for about well, five or six years there's some good cannoli is what i'm gonna Are say it's a cannoli rich environment. I, have I did not been. have any of those in four years. Oh, the yeah. only thing I know about Cleveland, other than what I already said about Negro League's teams, is that in the real song of Come Back to Texas, that I don't know how many of our listeners know the real song, but it's what our jingle is parodying. Um, the actual premise of the song is that this guy's girlfriend has left him to go and move to Cleveland with someone else. And he is trying to get her to come back to Texas. It's there's nothing wrong with what? Uh, there's nothing wrong with Ohio. Ah, except, except the snow and the rain. Ah, okay. Uh, um, everything smells like pig shit. All the time. <laughs> well, but then this just goes into her. It's to him saying like, "Fine, sure, there's nothing wrong with Ohio, but like, come back to Texas." It smells like cow shit all the time. Meaning the DH. <laughs> 
obviously, please come back. Tyler is the superior lyrical <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah, I'm you, not saying that. You're you are a genius. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> Thanks, like I'm Jay. being sarcastic, but I'm not. I'm just laughing so much. This was like it. my 2015 summer fever dream, where I, I just couldn't I couldn't get the song "Come Back to Texas" out of my head for like three months. And then we were coming up on the trade deadline, and Clip really needed to come back. And it just, like, the two things combined in my brain. And numerous people who spent a lot of time with me in the summer of 2015 who have nothing to do with this podcast or baseball at all can still sing it. Uh, My sister knows most of the words. My friend Heather, who I was road tripping with, who is a Cubs fan and was just like, what are you talking about? Can still sing it. So, yeah. Come back to Texas. What? guess whose system Tyler Clippert is in? Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, I know. He's he's with Cleveland now. Mm-hmm. Give him back to us. You don't yeah. need him and we do. There's For nothing wrong reasons. with Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Except you have Tyler Clippert. <laughs> Come back to D.C. I don't know okay. where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cleveland, apparently. Cleveland. With the burlap sack or the rainbow butterfly net or maybe the both. helicopter. Whatever your <laughs> capture equipment of choice is. What does, okay, thought experiment. The helicopter is to rescue a good player from a bad situation. Mm-hmm. What is rescue a player we want and bring him to a bad situation? <laughs> Us. <laughs> Us with a van. Us with a van. <laughs> like the helicopter is whatever we're going to, like someone's going to send for Pete Alonzo and just be like, get, get in the helicopter. Just, it's Go. okay. It's get out gonna, with your arms intact. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be all right, little buddy. Um, versus like, we just want we want you back. Like mm-hmm. I have a song for that too, actually. It's on my Tyler Clippert Spotify playlist. <laughs> want you back by Sherwood. You, you should post that to our Twitter too. I yeah. have a while have back. You? Yeah. I must have it was it. a pretty long time ago. I can find it again. <sighs> now I'm thinking of a happy place that doesn't exist. <laughs> I think with this we should probably wrap it up. Sign off, perhaps. Sign off before we go completely nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> too late. rounding off Pride Month for Queer Fancy Stats, we have one more game to be played today, so this won't be the final number, but it'll be close. Um, the June total is currently $42.56. Uh, notably, there was a $2 bonus the other day because um, when Dew was pitching against the Marlins... Someone who I had never heard of before, but I'm now going to find out more about, named Yadiel Rivera, was wearing a rainbow armband while he was batting. Good for him. So, Marlins player Yadiel Rivera, kudos to you. And so there was a $2 Queer Fancy Stats bonus for that. Um, so that's currently forty two fifty six going to smile. And for those not up to date, it is based primarily on Sean Doolittle's Gimli, a measure of the leverage of the situation in which he enters the game. And also a dwarf. <laughs> we love very much and, so Sean. and the entire season is being matched and doubled by the doodolins so um, donate to smile you have so many ways to do so and we've given you a bunch of them mm-hmm. also uh just to replug don't forget to donate to if you want to please do the dc girls baseball fundraiser you can find that on our twitter as a podcast and our individual twitters for links and as as i said before if you do donate uh and let us know you'll get a shout out in our next episode yay um and our Twitter is Resting Pitchface with no G. So that's where you can go to find that. Uh, our website is RestingPitchFace.com. That has all the links on there, including a, a way to get 
another donation to Smile, which is to buy some of our new rainbow merch. Uh, that It's all from Teespring. We are going to be migrating the bulk of our products to that site. I just haven't had time to do it yet. Um, so keep checking back in on that. But we do have rainbow merch that a uh, quarter of the proceeds go to Smile, as well as some of our Tfutfutfu merch is already up there. <laughs> um, and our Zazzle store is still open and will be open for the foreseeable future because they do have a couple products that uh, Teespring doesn't have, but it will eventually close. So keep on keep an eye on that. I don't think we, anybody have anything to add to our social media that I forgot. Google okay. Play? Oh, right. Yes, we are. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Google Play, which has podcasts, apparently. And uh, you can... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. This was brand new information for me. I actually didn't know either. <laughs> I mean, I, I use a lot of Google products, but Play is not one of them. Um, you can also, you know, you can actually technically subscribe to us on SoundCloud, where our, all of our... Uh, podcasts are ho- uh, hosted and you can always follow us on our twitter um with that i'm Kay. i'm laura and i'm sydney let's go nats let's go nats let's go nats please come back tyler it's just not the same since you went away we really miss your eyewear and the way you confused that is at the plate there's a seat for you right next to true and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolates as a celebrate.